come from different traditions and backgrounds, and that's actually what makes us a great community. That is actually what makes it an enriching community, because we can learn from one another if we're willing to do so. Uh, we can learn from one another and maybe deepen our faith, because you have something in your Christian background that can be enriching to me that wasn't part of my upbringing, perhaps, or vice versa. And so this season of Lent may be very foreign to some of you. On the other hand, some of you may have been a part of it every single year of your life where it is almost uh, means nothing because it's just almost out of routine. But as we enter into this season of Lent, I was struggling as I was preparing because I know there is the point of where we need to educate and talk about what does it mean and why we do it. And at the same time, uh, challenging each of you individually and corporately as a community to draw closer to God. So... This is Ash Wednesday, and it is the beginning of a 40-day period, 46-day period as we journey to Easter. But let me give you just a little background. For those who come from traditions where you didn't recognize Lent, like, like uh, myself, I didn't understand it until much later in life. But what is Lent, and why is it set apart? Lent is a period of six weeks preceding the anniversary of the Savior's death, and is set apart as a special season of fasting, Penitence, that means a season of repentance, and prayer. Why is it called Lent? It comes from the word spring. An old Saxon word, Lent, means spring, and that's the simple meaning of it. And after the last few weeks of snow, I think we can prayerfully hope for a Lenten season. With what remarkable events in Jesus' life does the Lenten season correspond Well, first, the ones that come to mind are the 40 days which he spent fasting in the wilderness. And so as we go and move through these 40 days, maybe there is um, a wilderness of your own that you must enter into. A time of fasting, a time of prayer, a time of repentance. Maybe even a time of testing like Jesus experienced. Why is the first day of Lent called Ash Wednesday? And it is called so from the custom that prevailed in the early church of sprinkling ashes on the heads of those who were repentant the first day of Lent, as a token of humiliation and sorrow for sin. Now, we won't be giving ashes today, but I know some of you attend parishes and churches where they will be uh, giving ashes, and maybe you can invite some of your friends if you want to take part in that service. Are there any examples of this custom mentioned in the Bible? And we do see it throughout. The example of of Daniel and David and the people of Nineveh, to which our Lord Himself refers to in Matthew 21. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre or Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. And we see throughout the scripture this season of repentance or a period of mourning where people are in sackcloth and ashes. If Lent is only 40 days duration, why does it begin 46 days before Easter? I'm sure all of you had calculated that in your minds the last two minutes and realized it wasn't adding up. Well, there are six Sundays in Lent. And all Sundays are feast days in honor of the resurrection. They are taken out. To make up for these six days are added at the beginning of the season. So we're actually 46 days away from Easter. How should the Lenten season be observed by Christians? It should be observed as a special season for drawing near to God by extraordinary acts of penitence, charity, and religious devotion. And by fasting and abstinence from all things that draw our hearts away from God. So the question I'll be asking, is there anything in your life that may not even necessarily be sinful, but things that may be drawing your heart away from God? And is it possible that God is calling you to give that up for a season or to lay that down? 
What is the object of keeping Lent? To deepen the religious life, to purify the heart from sin, and to unite us more closely to the Savior. And also to unite us closer to one another. Why does the church require us to observe the Lenten fast? Because, the repentance and hum- because repentance and humiliation are essential to growth in grace. And because these duties are apt to be neglected and forgotten unless some special time is set apart for their observance. So the Lenten season, we set apart this time to observe, to prayerfully repent, and see if there's anything that was drawing our hearts away from God, and make sure we draw ourselves back to God. Now, over the years, it's become very clear. People have different views on what should happen or what shouldn't happen during Lent. If you hear someone's giving something up, I've heard people say, well, that's not the appropriate observance of Lent. You shouldn't do that. Fasting Facebook, that's not in the Bible. Why would you fast Facebook? And especially in a room like this, where we come from so many different denominations and backgrounds, we can get a little nervous if we're doing it the right way or if someone thinks we're doing it the wrong way or even judge others on how they're observing Lent. But what I don't want you to do is not enter into this time because you're worried you may be doing it wrong. There is no wrong way if your desire is to draw closer to God. Is that the prayer of your heart? You see, the great theme of Ash Wednesday is return to the Lord. Return to the Lord individually. Return to the Lord corporately. Maybe even as a community. Is it time for this community to return to the Lord? It is time for putting aside the sins and failures of the past in order to journey toward who we are and who we are yet to become by the grace of Christ in baptism. So wherever you are in your faith journey, that's where I would like for you to begin. Again, maybe you've observed every year of your life. We give God praise for that. Maybe this is a new uh, thing for you and you're a little nervous and not sure about it. I encourage you to enter into this journey. And maybe even many here could care less could care less not only about the Lenten season, but also their spiritual journey or their walk with Christ. I, too, invite you into this Lenten season. Because in this community, there will be those around you that will be praying for themselves and for you. In this community, there will be those who are entering into a season of penance and fasting and giving things up for the sake of God, for them individually and corporately. So whether you like it or not, or whether you want to be part of this journey, not only during Lent, but this Christian journey, while you are here at ENC, you are surrounded by a community of faith, and you have no choice but to journey with us. And whether you recognize it or not, as we gather in this chapel this past Wednesday, you are sitting in the presence of a holy God, a holy God who invites us and calls us into this season of Lent. So receive this invitation, this invitation to this holy season of Lent. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, since the beginning of the church, Christians have always observed the days of our Lord's passion and resurrection with great devotion. It became one of the great traditions of the church to prepare for these events through a serious examination of our spiritual lives through prayer, repentance, and fasting. Converts to the faith were prepared for baptism during Lent. Those who were separated from the church through serious sin were reconciled and restored to fellowship. The body of Christ was challenged to seek pardon and absolution for those areas where sin had found a place to find reconciliation with God and with each other and renew their repentance and faith. I invite you. I invite your teams. I invite your floors. I invite this community, in the name of the Lord and His church, to observe a holy Lent by self-examination, penitence, prayer, 
fasting, and sacrificial giving. To further your discipline of reading and meditating on the Word of God. And to make a right beginning to walk in newness of life. Therefore, I invite you to kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker, our Creator, and our Redeemer. Let us pray. Journey with us, O holy God, as we begin our way to the cross. Sharpen our focus that our attention may center more on you than ourselves. Lead us through the shadows of darkness and prepare our hearts that we might be a people of prayer, ready to receive and respond to your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Before we begin this, or as we continue on this Lenten journey, we must take time to repent. A moment of recognizing that we need to confess our sins before God and perhaps to one another. That can be difficult to do, and we won't do a corporate time of forgiveness. I just don't think we're ready for that, to invite you to maybe go to a brother and sister in this sanctuary this morning and to confess sins to one another. But I would encourage you to maybe consider doing that during this season, perhaps later today. Against you and you alone have I sinned, it says in the Psalm, in Psalm 51, as you've read this morning, as we've seen this morning. But our sins also are often transgressions against others. Is it possible that this Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the Lenten season, or at some point during this journey, the Lord is calling you to go and confess your sins and ask forgiveness to another who you may have harmed? Let us pray this morning. In a moment, we will have time for silent prayer to lift your prayers of repentance to the Lord. Know that the Holy God is here and hears your prayer. O God, our great shepherd, You tenderly gather us as lambs, carrying us with your all-embracing love. Yet, like sheep, we wander from you, following our own ways, ignoring your voice, distrusting your provisions. Forgive our stubborn rebellion, our hardened hearts, our lack of trust. Refresh us once again by your quiet waters of mercy and restore our souls by your redeeming love. Guide Guide our paths that we might follow you more closely. Through Jesus Christ, our Good Shepherd, we pray. Are you brave enough in this time of silent prayer to not only confess your sins to the Lord, to receive His grace and forgiveness, but to also go and sin no more? Amen. Now receive these words of assurance and respond corporately with me after I'll read as leader and then you as people and as all. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. So we have this assurance of faith that it truly is well with our souls, that in the name of Jesus Christ, we have been forgiven. So the question then becomes, during this Lenten journey, will you give up or take up? 
Will you give up something or possibly take up something, if that's one way you want to practice this Lenten journey? But hear from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 16 through 21. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consume and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So where is your heart this morning? Is it possible, and you've already prayed the prayer of repentance and have been forgiven, but have there been things in your life that have started drawing you away from God, and now during this season there are some disciplines, perhaps, that the Lord wants you to incorporate into your life so that God can be first? And whether you give something up or take up something or take on something, again, there is no wrong decision. God honors the hearts of those who seek Him and long to know Him. It is between you and God if you're giving something up or taking something up. We enter into this wilderness, perhaps, this Lenten journey. And so the question again to ask yourself, is there anything that has been drawing my heart away from God? We know that you've been forgiven as we've already prayed, but is there something that's come in the way, or gotten in the way between you and your relationship with God? There are many things to give up. There are many things to fast. And you don't need to brag about it or post about it. At times you may have to tell people about it if you've given up meals or given up a certain meal of the week or whatever it may be. But there are other things I think we need to give up. There are many, actually. But here are 40 suggestions that are going to come scrolling across the screen very quickly. And some of them you may not have thought of things to actually give up. But maybe God does want you to give up things like impatience, not retirement. Don't give up retirement yet, just yet. But what about people-pleasing? What about guilt? What about shame you've been carrying? You've been forgiven. Why are you carrying the shame that you may be carrying? Perhaps that is what God is asking you to give up during this Lenten journey. Spirit of negativity, complaining. I know none of you do that. But maybe these are things that God is calling you to give up. Maybe you feel from far from God. But I would encourage you during this Lenten season to take those small steps and give something up for God or begin doing something for God. More than at least I can remember in these last seven years, my heart has been heavy for this community, concerned. I'm not really sure what to do with it. About lifestyle choices and decisions in your private lives that are so destructive. I don't want to mean to be the judgmental, critical chaplain who, when I walk into the room, the conversation changes or, uh, you know, all of a sudden people feel guilty all of a sudden. That's not the presence I like to bring, so I hesitate to even share that. But perhaps some of you need to give up things that are being destructive to others. Perhaps even if you're not sure where you are on this journey, you can take that small step to God and give up things or try not to live in a way that's harming another person or harming someone in their spiritual walk or harming someone in our community. Something to consider anyway. There have been many things I've given up during Lent. When I first started as chaplain, I gave up Facebook. Uh, I only had 27 friends and I didn't think they'd miss me, so it wasn't that difficult. 
I remember starting a group, a Facebook group, Fasting Facebook for Lent, and there were over 700 people that joined, people from all over the country. It wasn't like this mass movement with 700 people, but I realized, you know, I didn't need to be on social media as much as I was. At times, I've given up different foods or different meals of the week. Maybe I'd like to encourage you. One thing that I found to be helpful, and this was many, many years ago when I was first married, I found that I too could be tempted by things like pornography and looking at things on the internet or movies. And that could be destructive and is destructive to any marriage in a person's life. I'm thankful for accountability partners and I'm thankful for a church that, and friends that prayed for me and loved me. But I realize now looking back on that journey that it was the little things that I decided that were also the most helpful. The little things that I wouldn't even watch things that would even suggest things that were sexual in nature. I wouldn't even watch rated R films if there was even some nudity as the way it's often described. Again, that comes across perhaps as legalistic and being the weird chaplain. But I can say today by the grace of God after 17 years of marriage that I have been faithful in word, thought, and deed by the grace of God. Those things do not have a hold on me. And I still practice them. And I think it's because I still practice them to make sure I don't watch films that might have nudity or things that would harm me or things that are are destructive to relationships. Because I think that I've avoided them, which started during a Lenten fast, because they were incorporated into my lives, I think they have been life-saving and life-giving to me, to my marriage, and to my family, and to my children. So perhaps during this season, maybe it's not even the big things we often think about, but it's those everyday little choices. Through these practices during Lent, we begin to be incorporated into this year-round fasting, this year-round giving up. Perhaps if you were to give up social media during Lent, maybe that doesn't mean you have to be off social media forever, but maybe you'll discover that you won't be on it as much when the Lenten journey ends. Maybe there will be discipline in your diet. Maybe you won't live off of coffee and five-hour energy and if you give up caffeine. It will be a tough few days going through detox of all the caffeine addictions that so many of you have, but maybe when you come out of the Lenten journey, you'll have a healthier lifestyle. That's not why we do these things, but God wants us to be good stewards of our body, good stewards of our relationship, good stewards of our lives. So this Lenten journey is to draw closer to God and then maintain that relationship and healthy living. So maybe there are things you are to give up, or maybe God is calling you to take something up. Is there anything God wants you to bring into your life? Is there anything that God wants you to begin doing? It wasn't intended, but it was last, the last year during Lent when we first started serving on Long Island. It was in the middle of Lent that we go, started going out on Wednesday nights and serving to the homeless. And many of you know the relationship that was established. That changed my life. It was taking something up that I thought I wouldn't have time for. I'll just send students. But it was something that I needed to incorporate into my life. And I didn't realize it at the time. So maybe God is calling you to incorporate something into your life. To save your life. So all that we have done today through repentance and worship. And all that you plan to give up or take up during Lent. You need to remember that that can be done in any day of the year. It really can. It should become a regular practice in your life. You may sense in the month of August that God is telling you to give up social media or to step away or God may be saying, this is coming in between us. This is something I need you to fast or lay down or give up. And I pray that you will be obedient in that time. So why such an emphasis in these next 46 days? What we often forget is Lent is not just a journey for the individual. 
It is a journey for the community, the body of Christ. A dedicated season where Christians all over the world repent of their sins, where Christians all over the world begin setting things aside so that they may draw closer to God. A time where Christians all over the world begin taking things up and serving with a hope and desire to draw closer to God and one another. That, my friends, is spiritual revival. That is spiritual renewal. Lent is not just for you. It is for the community, the body of Christ. It is for our Eastern Nazarene College community. So let us enter into it together. Let us enter into this time of repentance and fasting and giving things up and drawing closer to God. And as we do, trust that God will lead us and guide us, draw us closer to himself and draw us closer to one another. Let us pray. Again, in a moment of silence, trusting and believing that the Holy Spirit is here. See what God may be calling you to do during this Lenten season, if anything. Pray that you hear his voice, follow his leading. Father, we thank you that you have called us to be part of this community. As we go through these next 46 days, Lord, may we not turn it into a legalism. May we not beat ourselves up if we stumble along the way or forget or if we're just trying to draw closer to you. And even if we're not sure how to do that, I pray that no one feels guilt or shame or feeling like they're doing it wrong. But that you hear the desires and prayers of their heart to simply draw closer to you, to rid anything in their lives that's come between you and them. And may we be faithful in doing so. Lord, we need you. Be glorified, we pray, in this community. And during this Lenten journey, may we be revived, may we be renewed, and may we be a community that is truly changed. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Receive the benediction. In the footsteps of centuries of pilgrims, go now to embark on your Lenten journey. Consider how you may simplify your day so that you may travel lightly. Be alert to all that could sidetrack you. Notice that which beckons alluringly or with apparently greater urgency that the pilgrim journey Christ invites. Do not try to cover more than one good day's journey at a time. Know when to stop for food and sleep. Know that the journey will not be too great for you. Walk humbly knowing that the goal is not recognition, achievement, or award, but simply to have come to know Christ and yourself more intimately. Be on the lookout for other pilgrims caring for those who limp or fall, those who cannot see the way forward, care for the other pilgrims, make a richer and stronger community. Go now, place your hand into the outstretched hand of Jesus Christ. Allow the words of the story to guide you and pray for purity of heart and mind. We pray these things now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. You are dismissed. Go in peace to love God and serve others.